Welcome to Grace by Rain, a podcast about beauty and life. I'm your host, Elaine Shercliffe. Thanks everyone for joining me again this week. I have another special guest. Uh, joining me is noted CBJ personality, Jason Newland. Hi, Jason. Hey, Elaine. How's it going? Very good. Thanks for joining me. You just got a new gig with the hockey news. So uh, kind of plug what you're doing now and the other things that you're doing so people know where to find you, first of all. Uh, yeah, so the hockey news, um, obviously, uh, check it out. Um, but no, that that uh, came about uh, about a month or so ago. Um, managing editor uh, shot me and he, I woke up and he, I had an email from the managing editor of the hockey news and uh, asked me if I'd be interested in it. And um, here we are. So it, it took a few days for me to kind of figure that part out but um it definitely uh it definitely is worth it now um (laughs) (laughs) so um you can go to the hockeynews.com the easiest way hockeynews.com click on teams and then click on blue jackets and you'll uh you'll go right to my site so um yeah hockey news it's pretty fun uh it's 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 a it's a big deal i didn't realize how big a deal it was until i really started digging into it yeah Um, the hockey news is a big place it's a It's like the goal for so many people. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's fun because I, I didn't I didn't actually realize that it was part of Sports Illustrated. Um, so that uh, that was pretty pretty cool, I think. Um, but yeah, so um, all, so far they launched a new teams site, um, and that's where that's where we come in. So they have their national they have their national writers like Adam Proto and Ryan Kennedy and all those guys, and then uh, with the team sites they're all local so they wanted people in the local markets to actually um, be around the team and write about the team and stuff like that so um, i was lucky enough to be uh to be asked and uh i took it so it's been been fun it's a uh, during the off season uh one would think that you know it's pretty slow no but, but no. we're trying to uh you know there's a lot of uh, blue jacket news that's been falling in my lap obviously the last uh month since we launched i think we launched yeah we launched on the 7th so it's Oh, wow. So I haven't been three weeks yet, but uh, yeah. So usually writing two, three articles a day and got some draft stuff coming out in the next day or two. So it's been, uh, it's been a whirlwind. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Isn't it kind of crazy? Like when, when I got full, full into writing, um, I mean, I'm not full-time writer cause I have to have a day job like most writers, but Same. <laughs> uh, I was always like, oh yeah, that'd be great because the summer won't be super busy. And then that, First season, I was full on covering the monsters. In the off season, everything happened, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, draft, free agency, um, player signings. How does that affect the monsters?" And like, this is insane. There's not a real off season at all. <laughs> There's always something to write about. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, and the crazy part about this, obviously, this season is you know we have the third pick in the draft. So that's exciting. Um, there's all the all the trades that's going on, all the potential free agent signings and stuff like that. So I know a lot of my colleagues that are struggling to find stuff to write about because they may have made uh, the playoffs and went to the Western Conference Finals and you know whatnot, and they they don't have a first round pick. They some of them don't have a second round pick, and so they're they're really struggling. They really got to come out of the uh, come out of the woodwork with stuff to write about. But uh, a few of us, me, the Ducks, um, we've been we've been. Kind of lucky, but yeah, the only luck you can really have when you play solo in the, in the regular season. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> now, have, 
Have you always wanted to write or be in journalism? Like, is or is this just something as an adult you started doing? No, I hadn't. I mean, no. Um, you know, for, I don't know, the first 13, 14 years, um, being a fan, it was just watch the games on TV, go to the occasional game. I mean, that's that was, you know, that was it. I usually watched every game on TV, stay up late when they went to Edmonton and Vancouver and play till two in the morning <laughs> several times a year. Um, but the opportunity came, I think it was 2013, maybe, um, a a gentleman I met who is now a partner of mine. Um, he ran a website called firethecannon.com and firethecannon.com had been around for a little while, a couple of years. And there was actually a couple of guys that wrote before me that, um, that went on to do bigger and better things actually. So I, I, that was pretty cool. Um, so that came about. And then the um, the now defunct website that I used to write for out of Canada um, that came about. And that's where I got my first media credentials in 2015. And so it all just kind of like started, started rolling. And there was another site that uh, called, I think it was called Vavel, maybe V-A-V-E-L. I, I did that for a couple months, but they, um, you know, I, I'd had a, a four-year-old son and was going through some other things. I'm like, I don't have time, you know, for all the real yeah. life kind of got in the way, plus my full-time job. Uh, so yeah. And then I just was a fan, you know, and, and then Twitter, uh, Twitter is kind of, you know, it is technically a micro blog. Um, and so, you know, most of us got on there and just put our opinions and, and stuff on there. I mean, as you know, uh, and then, you know, started doing podcasts here and there, and then, you know, this thing popped up. So, um, so no, the, the short answer is no, <laughs> I didn't. Uh, it just kind of all just kind of, you know, fell into my, my lap. I mean, I got a, I've done a bunch of different jobs in my life and and this one was, uh, you know, this one just kind of fell into my lap. So I feel pretty grateful about it. Yeah. Sometimes the opportunity comes and you just, they're like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Cause, uh, I think it was two, by the time this one drops, it'll be like, I think three episodes ago, I did talk about the um beauty of taking the opportunity when it comes like you don't even realize it's a true opportunity and then it comes and you're like oh yeah no I want to do that yeah no that's a great idea like yeah I mean I was I was on the fence um because I just didn't know I you know I I I didn't know what all it was going to entail you know again I I I hadn't I knew everybody knows the hockey news but I I didn't realize the extent to which they um what their reach is you know, and mm-hmm. so um, gave it some thought and talked to a few people and um, decided to to jump in feet first. And uh, it's been been pretty wild so far. I got got my first media scrum <laughs> with a new player uh, the other day um, in the middle of the day and uh, uh, did the um, Damon Severson presser uh, through Zoom, you know, when when the day that they traded for him. So. Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, can't wait till the season starts now. <laughs> right. That'll be so fun. I, my first, well, my first Blue Jackets presser was after Larson got mm. let go. And it was uh, Yarmo's end of season availability. And Todd was like, yeah, if there's time, well, you know, you can ask a question. And I was not expecting to be able to ask a question. And I'm like sitting in the parking lot in Grand Rapids because I had just, of my hotel, and I just, covered like the last night's game for Grand Rapids, Brian Lashoff's retirement. And <laughs> I'm like sitting there in Grand Rapids, seeing about how like really weird it is to be in like this whole other state 
And I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to ask a question, whatever. And then Todd's like, okay, well, last question, Elaine Shercliffe. And I was like, whoa, whoa, oh, okay. <laughs> whoa, oh, this is happening. This is happening. <laughs> like, it was wow. great. What yeah, was, um, what was your first one? Because you said you've done this before. Um, well, the first, okay. Okay. So in 2015, when I had the, um, when I worked for that Montreal website, uh, going into, I, I, I didn't have time to go any, to any pregame stuff. So I'd, I'd make it to the game, you know, sit in a presser and then go down to the locker room in the uh, postgame press conference. And I, I, okay. It was intimidating. Right. So I go into the locker room, you know, at, right after the game and, um, you walk into you know, the first time I'd ever been into the blue jacket locker room and there's guys standing around and they're just kind of waiting. And um, it was a preseason game. I can't remember who he played, maybe St. Louis. So let me back up a second because that, rem- that kind of jogs my memory. I rode the elevator down post game to go to the pro- uh, the post game presser. I rode the elevator with um, Jeff Rimmer, Martin Brodeur and Vladimir Tarasenko. <laughs> That is such um, a nerve-wracking ride. I would be like probably I, cracking stupid jokes because I'd be so nervous. <laughs> I stood I stood in the corner. Now they the elevator that they used there, there was a guy that always sat in a chair and he just turned around, hit the buttons, and went. And I, I stood in the corner as as Jeff is, you know, Jeff Jeff Rimmer knows everybody. Hello, Jeff. And he's sitting there talking to Martin Brodeur. And I I'm just like side-eyeing the the guy in the chair, and he's looking at me and, and he starts cracking up. And I'm just looking like, oh, get me out of this elevator. Um, so, so it was that same game, and um, I think it was a game. I think it was a. I think Corpusalo actually played Jonas Corpusalo, and I remember going into the post game locker room and and everybody talking to you know Ryan Murray and I think I think Ryan Johansson was still there, and Corpusalo was just sitting there by himself, and I said you know what? I'm going to go talk to him. <laughs> and so I walk up and, and uh, he kind of stands up and um, you know, his English was, was not as good as it is now. I'll tell you that much. And, and I, I just, just started chatting with him about the game and stuff. And, and I got sweat probably dripping down my head at this point. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was, that was, that was pretty cool. And then later on in the season, I actually, um, it was Seth Jones's first game in Columbus after he was traded from Nashville. Mm-hmm. And after the game, I can't remember the the what happened during the game, but um, it was Seth Jones' first game, and I remember asking John Tortorella a question, and I I afterwards I don't remember a thing I said. <laughs> I was so, like blacked I was out, so nervous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm in there with you know with Aaron Portsline. I think I think uh, trying to think who else was in there at that time. You know, Dave Metzold and all those guys, and I just I just was a question it was like i think i still remember i still remember the question now it was seth jones i said obviously his first game in columbus i noticed that his time on ice dropped period to period i was like i said was that just was that is that by design or is that just a flow of the game type of thing and he looked at me like i can't answer that i have no idea i'll have to look into it (laughs) i I stumped john tortorella it was pretty awesome actually see that's what i love about Torts and John Madden were like the same. They were very similar in um, how they were able to respond about the game. John was able to do it a little bit faster, but he also took forever to come out of the locker room to do. 
Yes, oh, he, he did. didn't come forever. No, Mike East came forever. So John would like swoop out really fast and I would ask something. He'd be like, you know what? That's a good question. And then he would go in mm-hmm. and immediately I could like hear him asking people the question. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> these players are going to hate me. Um, but they were very good. Torts and John Madden were <clears throat> very good at going back and looking at the game and seeing where the problem was and what happened. And that's why when people would say, well, post game, like they should be able to get the answers, like, and they wouldn't be able to say, like, write an article as well. That's why all my recaps came out the next day. Like if I was writing about Tortorella's stuff and I would be taking quote, not, not taking them. Like I would be like Aaron Portsline asked so-and-so, you know, making sure someone gets credit for their work, Mm -hmm. but because he would be so insightful the next day. And it's because they could really look at that film and go, oh, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of people expect these guys to just, you know, remember everything. You know, I I don't you you look at any coach, any any college or I'm sorry, any uh, NHL, I guess, or college um, hockey coach. You see them coaching behind the bench and then during like right after the game they're spitting out like, you know, this and that and this and that. And you're like, I can't even remember like who is on the ice for that. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, they, they know, I mean, they know it all, but then like you just said, you give them, you give them a little time to go back and watch that game. And it's, it's amazing. The kind of, the kind of facts and the kind of uh, uh, stuff they can pull out of that. It's, it's, it's wild to me. Yeah. It's, I think it shows what a good coach because yeah, in the moment you should be able to make the good decisions, but especially if you lose, you need to be able to go back and see what happened and correct it. Or when you win and be like, I don't, I mean, he even said it once. He was like, I don't know how we won. We weren't the better team. And Mark Latesta would be like, they were the better team, but we won. So like, I don't, I don't know how that happened. And then they go back and watch it. And then they try to emulate that again. So sometimes there is, um, perks to being a team that's a hot mess exactly because <laughs> <laughs> you can go back and really analyze things not that you want to be a hot mess all the time now um before we hop into all the blue jacket stuff i do want to um ask you one more question about the hockey news uh what what are you kind of looking forward to doing with this site like and what are your kind of goals with it if you have any yet? i know it's so new <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is new and we're all just trying to figure figure out what, you know, what the best thing is for each page, obviously. Um, you know, I can't compete with Colum- or um with Toronto, obviously. Right. Um, you know, they could post they could write an article and it says hi Toronto and get, you know, 60,000 views, <laughs> you know. Um so true. <laughs> uh, me, I really got to work, you know, just like it, it just like the team. Um you know, they, they have to work harder to get anything, right. They have to work harder to get free agents. They have to, you know, work harder to, um, you know, be respected in, in the league. Right. Um, and it's no different right now, um, with the hockey news is that I, you know, me and Carolina and San Jose, we all have to work a tad bit harder than Edmonton and Toronto and now Vegas, right. New York Rangers, stuff like that. Um, they can just post something and it goes, and it goes, you know, viral pretty quick. So my goals are just to, um, you know, keep up with, 
uh, keep up with what I can keep up with and control what I can control in terms of that part. And then just do the best I can in terms of, um, you know, putting out stuff that, you know, p- people would enjoy. I'm not a huge opinion piece guy. Um, so what you're going to get from me is, you know, just, uh, you know, just the facts, um, numbers, you know, a lot of history. I'm big into, into, into history. So you'll always see me posting stuff about, you know, on this day and, you know, 2010 or, um, on this day in 2000, stuff like that. So that's the kind of the fun stuff you'll get from me. And then obviously once the season starts, um, you start, um, you know, breaking down individual games and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it'll just, uh, hopefully take off and everybody just knows where to go every morning to, uh, to read about the game the night before. Yeah. I will say that is, that is tough. Uh, I don't, I will say I don't have to work as hard to get people for Cleveland to read like Cleveland people just read about Mm. sports. Like they're just okay. And then they pass it on. Like I was really floored by that. Um, yeah. But just the AHL in general, it's so hard because the moment an NHL person talks about the AHL, everyone like hops on it and is like, oh, yeah, this person said this. And I'm like, no, don't worry. I haven't been saying that for two years. It's fine. (laughs) It's totally fine. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So it's and I know it's the same way, though, in Columbus, because I did blog. I mean, I did blog about Columbus and write about Columbus for years, I just didn't have the access and it would be like that. Like someone would be talking about Columbus from Columbus for years about this certain player. And then somebody from like Toronto will be like, Oh God, I love this player. And everyone's like, really, who is that? Tell me more about it. And I'm like, (laughs) but there's like, um, there's so many people in Columbus. You could be getting that like opinion from. Yep. <laughs> why are Why do you not follow them? Exactly. It's the, it's the small market thing that we just talked about. You know, they just they just don't expect anything important to be coming out of Columbus. And yeah. so, um, as soon as you know Toronto jumps on it, you know it catches fire. So, right. such yeah. is life, I guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I'm. I am new to the Blue Jackets world. I say new as like it hasn't been 12 years, but I'm fairly new. Uh, I didn't really become interested in the Blue Jackets until April 1st, 2011, when I sat behind the Blackhawks bench (laughs) for a game. Uh, And then just being there and experiencing it, I was like, wow, this team is so fun. Like, I enjoy this team. Like, Rick Nash was not playing. I think he was injured. Victor Stahlberg won in a shootout, but it was, the fans were great. The atmosphere was great. The team was so fun to watch. Like, I was like, why have I been sleeping on the jackets for so long? (laughs) I mean, granted, I grew up in Chicago, but still, like, it was like, they're right there. Mm -hmm. Um, But what is your CBJ origin story? Have you been a fan or been around for the whole time they've been here? Yeah, actually, I'm I'm one of the uh, one of the old guys. Uh, I OGs. Um, yeah, the OG. <laughs> yeah, I I remember. So in 1997, when they announced that the team was um, uh, that Columbus was getting a team. Um, tomorrow is actually the birthday of the Blue Jackets, by the way. The um, oh. June June 25th, 1997. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I thought I plugged <laughs> that because I have an article coming out about tomorrow. It, it was 1997 when they announced that the the Jackets were getting, or I'm sorry. Columbus was getting a team 
um, later on that year, they would actually name them the Blue Jackets. But so I went to uh, Columbus State for uh, when I was in college for my associate's degree. And every day on the way home, I had to pass what was the construction that they had started for Nationwide Arena every day for like two years. And so I kept driving by and, you know, and I'm, I'm reading the news. I start reading the newspapers and I'm, I'm getting excited because we had the Columbus chill. And obviously the chill was just huge here in Columbus. So I used to go to those games all the time. And so I'm driving by and, and I just every day I see, you know, the arena going up and up and up and, you know, them tearing down buildings and, and building new buildings and whatever. So by the time October, I believe it was October 7th of 2000 came along, I was I couldn't wait. I absolutely couldn't wait. And I remember you know, it's five 30. I'm, I got off of work and I'm sitting down on my couch and I, I turned on, turned on, um, what was it called? It was, I think it was still Fox sports, Ohio back then or FSN or something like that. I turn it on and, and, uh, I'm waiting like an hour and a half later, you know, the game doesn't start till seven o'clock, but it was the first game and I was hooked. I was absolutely hooked on, on the blue jackets. Now we went on to lose that game, but I was absolutely absolutely hooked on on the blue jackets and you know for the longest time i was the um i I was the i worked third shift so i couldn't go to any games for like the first two to three years um i did go to one i the first game i ever went to was uh was against the red wings that first year and once you go to one game it's it's pretty much over from them it's a wrap you're a fan yeah I do think it's funny how many people I've asked about when was it that they like fell in love with the jackets or like when were they all in and uh, almost every single time someone will say why they loved it so much and then they go I mean they lost that night but like (laughs) they lost a lot of games (laughs) and I just think it's funny though like I think it says something about the community especially being a community that is based near such a really good football team that typically doesn't lose Mm -hmm. that the people there find joy and beauty from their hockey team that does lose. (laughs) Like it's, it's very poetic to me because I know like I grew up in Chicago. So I knew like when they were losing, people didn't show up. It just didn't happen. They tickets were really cheap. And that's just what happened when you were a losing team. And the jackets are losing and it is a packed building every night. And it, it's just wild to me. And I I mean, like, I love it. It's wild in a good way. Uh, I think people sleep on Columbus that way because they probably haven't met enough Columbus fans who are saying like, I fell in love with this team when they lost. So of course I'm going to be around when they lose and when they win, it's going to be insane. It's, this, I don't know. I don't know what would ha- like. Okay, so let's say you know the, the they do get to the point where they win a cup sometime, right? And hopefully it's in my lifetime. <laughs> I really hope so. We don't. We don't want the like uh, cub syndrome or like. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't. I have a twelve year old son. I really don't want him to be fifty when they finally win, because um, <laughs> right. that means I've been long gone. Um, so I don't know how party would be after the fact i don't know how you know a a um a parade would be i doubt there would be you know a million people show up and stuff like that right um but i do know that nationwide arena specifically if if that if that win was to ever come inside nationwide it would 
it would just be flooded with tears. It would, like, it would it, fall down. It would burn like, down. You're absolutely yeah. right. I, the I mean, noise itself from the people, it would just like cause it to crumble. Because I remember, um, was that 2014, right? And I was living near, oh, I was living in between OSU's campus and Nation Wine Arena. So like around there. And I remember it just was so loud. Like you could hear when people were like, oh no, they're lying about the decibels. And I'm like, no, they're literally not. It was so loud. You could hear it around parts of the city. <laughs> that when he scored that goal and I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> it, yeah. I, I don't know. Are you talking the, the Binsky one or the Felino one? The, I want to say it was the, Oh, you know what? That's a the, great question. So the Dubinsky goal is the one who tied it. And it was the winning goal. It was, yeah, it was okay. the Felino. Yeah. Okay. The Felino goal. I, the Dubinsky goal was the one where they, I think they blew seven speakers. Um, yeah. Trying to keep up with the, the crowd noise. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that place is insane. Yeah. I mean, the, the goal that uh, I think it was, man, the Rick, it was the Rick Nash um, retirement night when he retired his number um Jake Vorchek scored a goal with 1.2 seconds left and that I've never heard that building as loud as it was at that point and I'm talking you know the games that you just talked about in Pittsburgh or against Pittsburgh and even the the, the Tampa series in 2019 that was loud but that was sustained loudness for like five six seven eight nine minutes in a row right. I'm talking for a single goal a one single goal that building has never been louder and I'm, I'm telling you that place would crumble to the ground when that clock ever goes down to zeros and they they celebrate the stanley cup it's just i can't even fathom it no no i can't either (laughs) (laughs) i can't it would be akin i feel like it would be akin to like if the browns won the super bowl actually no i think it would be worse up in cleveland i think it would be scary it'd be scary times (laughs) that would be wild that would be absolutely wild (laughs) um what has kept you coming back season after season, even though they just aren't the best product per se on the ice? Uh, I think just what we talked about. I mean, you know, I'm not going to, I've been here since day one. Um, like a lot of, a lot of fans have, and I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to quit. I mean, I, I'm too invested. <laughs> I know I've been a, been a full season take a holder since 2017, um, I'm doing the, you know, doing the hockey news now. I'm still a massive fan. Um, we've done some other stuff, you know, with with relationships with um, with local businesses, um, just being fans. So, um, I'm yeah, I I am. That's me. I mean, I'm not gonna like I said, I'm not gonna quit on them. And right now, I mean, is I I was not into a rebuild a couple of years ago. I'll be honest with you. I I I had a full on meltdown because I didn't I didn't it's. Like it need it. This needs to stop. You know, I kept saying this needs to stop. They need to do something to win. And um, after I sat a couple of days and I thought about it, and I said, I can't, I can't change it. So right. I'm just, I'm just going to embrace it. And so I embraced it. And I mean, we got Johnny Gaudreau out of Canada to come to the Blue Jackets. We got, you know, we got Patrick Line to to resign. Some of these young kids. Um, are just going to, you know, they should be really, really good. So yeah, that's what keeps me, I guess it's the, I guess it's the thought of what we just talked about 
nationwide arena and holding a, uh, you know, watching them win the Stanley cup just keeps me coming back time and time again. Yeah. I will say from a writer's perspective, it's really hard to write about a rebuild all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it must one be. time he was like, Oh no, it's a retool. And then traded like half the team. I go, no, that, no, that's a build. <laughs> it's a build. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I wanted to, I want to hop into just a few favorites here. Uh, what is your favorite moment from the team? Oh, man. Uh, single favorite moment. Um, you know, it's going to sound. Say it's going to sound like probably what everyone else would say at this point, but obviously um Winning the first, winning that series against Tampa is on everybody. It was the top of everybody's list. Um, but I'm going to go backwards a little bit. And I'm going to say when they made the playoffs for the first time, um, I think it was Rick, I think it was Rick Nash scored the goal that put them into the playoffs for the first time ever. And that one just, I'll never forget that in particular. Just watching the, all the years of frustration just kind of like melt away in a single moment, you know? Um, and so it was, um, I think that's, that's it for me when they, when they, when they went to the playoffs for the first time. Uh, now who is your favorite player of all time for the team? Uh, definitely Rick Nash. Yeah. yeah. He, he go back a couple of questions. He's probably, he's the only player that kept me interested. Right. This team was surrounded just by no one. And he was the only one on the ice some nights that was doing anything. So Rick Nash is definitely my favorite player of all time with the, with the blue jackets. And I'll even take it a step further uh, without him. I don't think the fan, I don't even think the franchise is in Columbus right now, to be honest. I can see that. Yeah. Do you have um, a second favorite player? That's not Rick Nash. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Nick Felino. He, um, he, he's just, yeah, he's like everything you want in a in a player. You know what I mean? He can he can score when he, you know younger when he first got here. He could he could score. He could he could dish out assists, but he could also pound you into the ice if he needed to. Um, he was the he was the ultimate captain, I believe. Uh, he's what he's what every team should every, every team should have a player like like Nick Foligno. That's what I like about him. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Like I always ask these questions, and that it that. People always say either Felino or or Rick Nash. And then there's me that's like, I like Mark Mathot and Derek Broussard. They come as a package. <laughs> yeah, well, there are a lot of uh, a lot of yeah, they're like Rusty Klesla was was he was yeah. always he was always one of my favorites. And um I actually just put out an article about Rusty today. Um, but he he was always one of my always one of my favorites. I mean, he was the first draft pick. Um Big defenseman, big kid. You just you, you you couldn't not like him. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> now, mm. who is your favorite head coach of all the head coaches? Oh, definitely John Tortorella. I mean, yeah. he, he's just the he's the easiest um, answer in my opinion. Uh, uh, see, Dave King, the the original coach, was just mm -hmm. he just seemed too nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, which, you know, if you know anything about Doug McLean and, and the, um, 
the catastrophe that he caused here in Columbus <laughs> in his GM um, tenure. Um, Dave King just didn't fit, but um, I don't think anybody comes close. Honest, Todd Richards was a good guy. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. be honest, he he was really good. Brad Larson was a, those those are really good guys, um, but the best by far my favorite co- coach is is uh, John Tortorella. Yeah, I like Torts was just the full package, right? Like he genuinely cared about the players, he and their families. He was a really good coach. He saw it during the game and he saw it after the game and he was so good at breaking down films and, and he just was awesome. I don't know how else. And he's well, a good guy too. Like he's uh, a good guy too. He was the trifecta. Yeah. I was going to say he was more than just a good coach. I mean, he actually cared about people. Um, yeah. Maybe not so much that he cared about his horses, but in dogs. <laughs> or that water <laughs> system. That water yeah. Well, yeah. I don't even remember the name of it, but yeah. Connecticut, Connecticut or something. Connecticut. Like that. Yeah. Bless. I will. I oh man, now I'm thinking of when I think about commercials, I automatically think of Brandon Dubinsky in the Myers Jewelers commercials. Oh man. You probably don't remember. You probably don't remember. Yeah. You probably don't remember the old uh, Rick Nash GM commercial or GMC commercials, dude. No, he, no. He was, like, he, was like, he was like driving, he was driving an SUV and he pull up to uh, the little, you know, where the Tim Hortons is on the corner. That's one's attached yeah. to the arena. Well, he would pull up to that stop sign and fans would like come sprinting over to him and they say, oh my God, is this a GMC Acadia? And he goes, <laughs> yeah. And then he got it, you know, wherever he got it from. Those are the, yeah, those are, those are pretty bad. <laughs> I love it. I did felt bad. I did feel bad for Davinsky though, because Myers Jewelers sponsored the one a lot of the hockey and heels events when they were called hockey and heels. Mm-hmm. And um, they brought questions to the crowd, and Brandon Davinsky was the player that was there. And I had one of the last questions, and I was just like, "I just need to ask you something. Is it truly the finest ice you have ever seen?" <laughs> and he was just like, "Oh." Mm, that's hilarious <laughs> never they and players when they do stuff like that they're never gonna live them down no. i wish they would do another christmas album i need one yeah I, I i don't care if it was bad i just need it my my foot my my, my football team did one of those a couple of years ago and i was just what are you doing <laughs> it's fine it just it's joy pure joy um now if you had to sell the team to someone to come be a fan, not sell the team somewhere else. I know there's lots of people in the NHL that would just love to pick up the jackets and move them to like Quebec city, but not going to happen. Chill out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But to get new fans, to get people to come to convince them, how would you kind of like explain what the true beauty of the Columbus blue jackets is? I would, I would say, well, first of all, the fans are awesome, right? Uh, we have a, we actually have an identity um, being the uh, being the fifth line, right? I mean, you go to a game and players will tell you that when when the building comes alive, I mean, it pumps it pumps them up. So the fans are definitely just the amount of people I've met outside of the arena, just hanging out at you know our bar or hanging out at Brothers or hanging out wherever else, watch parties. Um, the fans just they come together like nobody you I mean nobody I've ever seen no team I've ever seen um we have our we have our disagreements obviously um but we all we all still love each other for the most part um but yeah the fans um 
you know, Columbus is a, um, it's a blue collar town. So, so are the Blue Jackets, <laughs> you know, um, typically you're going to get a team that, um, that works pretty hard on the ice. And that's what the, the majority of people from Columbus are all about. People from Ohio, really I won't even, won't even put that on Columbus. It's, it's an Ohio thing. Um, yeah. What else? I mean, it's just <laughs> nation, nationwide is beautiful. The, 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 the arena district is, is beautiful. Um, the team is fun to watch. Like I just said, especially in the, in the coming couple of years, it, it should be pretty wild to, to watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't pay attention to any of the, um, you won't get any respect from outside of uh, Columbus <laughs> or outside of Ohio from, uh, from other teams, but we embrace that and we roll with it and we stick together and, and that's it. So come to Columbus and enjoy it. Count me in. <laughs> uh, now for the last little segment, I, I just want to, I love this game. I created it when I was at the Canon. We, it was during the pandemic and actually it started on our Tiger King um, cast that we did because oh, we had no. nothing to talk about. So we watched the, all the Tiger King. We talked about it. It was off the rails. It was unhinged. Hmm. Um Everyone should definitely go back and listen to it because it's awful and amazing. But the game is called Fight Liney Scratch. Um, so you would I would give you three names and who would you fight? Who would you want to be your line mate and who would you scratch? Like if you in the game sense, like now you're going out to the bar to fight someone. Like this is all in the sense of the game. Okay. Um, so I have just like a four categories. So we'll do this four times. Um so the first one is mascots um, out of Stinger, Boomer, and the CBJ artillery. Who would you fight, Liney or Scratch? Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to fight Boomer <laughs> because he causes a lot of rift between fans. Um. He he causes a lot of, yeah. We'll just we'll just leave it. At I that. mean the actual boomer, like not little boomer. <laughs> no, oh no, no, <laughs> no. I I no, I'd never fight little boomer. He's my guy. Um, but no, okay, I would definitely like, <laughs> to be to be to be more specific. To be like what is what? <laughs> yeah, to be more specific, it's actual the actual mascot boomer. Um, little boomer, I love you. I never fight you. Anyway, um, I'm yeah. Sorry. So. I'm definitely fighting Boomer because he causes a lot of uh, separation in a fan base. Uh, I'll be a line mate with Stinger um, because he, uh, yeah, Stinger. I mean, he he's massive on skates. Have you seen him? Um, yeah, he's got wheels, man. Yeah, yeah, he definitely had my back. And then who? Who? I'm sorry. Who's you said? <laughs> I just said the CBJ artillery because I oh. couldn't think of like if there was a third mascot that we didn't know about or oh. something. Yeah, sorry guys. Uh, you know, Jordan's my guy, but I'll have to scratch the artillery. Sorry, I just uh, I'm I, you know not gonna I won't fight him, but um, yeah. So fight Boomer, um, be line mate with Stinger and, and scratch artillery. Wait, are there people that don't actually want Boomer to make a comeback? They don't like Boomer. Uh, I, like I, I want There's, Boomer uh, to rise from the dead. A lot of people don't even remember him, right? So it's been, I mean, a long time. He was only around for that part of one season. Um, He's a legend. 2007, yeah. 
Yeah. So I remember he he debuted the night the cannon did, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So oh, I should have said the cannon for a mascot. Oh, oh man, gosh. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> I'm bad. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was kind of hoping you'd say you'd fight the artillery. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, we're we're all good there. No, I know. They're good guys. I love them. They're like my favorite people. Um <laughs> so coaches. Uh would you fight the man who brought the first playoff uh, series win, Torts? Uh, the man that brought you to the playoffs for the first time, Hitch, or the first coach, Dave King? Fight Lenny Scratch. Did I do that right? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to go... I would be okay. I'll fight Dave King because I'm probably bigger than him. So, although he did put Rick Nash in, in good positions, ah, sorry, I Dave King, I'm gonna have to fight you. <laughs> I'd be line mates with Torts because he would definitely have my back, right? He always has his team's back, always, even if you're in the wrong. And I'll definitely scratch Hitch. Um, has he ever been on skates? I don't. I don't know. That's a great. I don't think. So. I think. I thought when he coached, he coached from the bench, like in practice. Maybe I'm lying about that. It, it's. Maybe I'm complete. He's a Hall of Famer, so I'll just. Uh... <laughs> You're like, we'll just be nice, you know. He yeah. gets to be scratched. He gets a day off from yeah, being a yeah, Hall yeah. of Famer just for like. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, and then alumni. So the choices are Mark Mathot, Mike Commodore, and Luke Richardson. And mind you, I picked these names literally out of a, a hat for the alumni. So. Okay, you said Mathot. Mm -hmm. Richardson, who was the other one? And Mike Commodore. Um, I'm going to fight Mike Commodore. Um, simply because of his last comments that he made about the Blue Jackets and, and hiring Mike Babcock. Um, <laughs> he basically said he hopes it fails miserably and blah, blah, blah. So I can't get on board he with that. He did just because say I... no disrespect to Ooh. his friends. <laughs> I mean, okay, but still, yeah. Anytime you lead something with no disrespect, it's probably the most disrespectful thing you're going to say. So, um, yeah, just for, just for SNGs, I'll fight uh, Commodore. And I'd be line mates with uh, Mark Mathot. Love that guy. Um, he always had it out with Sidney Crosby. So um, even though Crosby tried to take his hand off, um, I'll go ahead and go roll with Mark Mathot. And scratch Luke Richardson um, because he's the enemy now, right? He's, uh, he is the he's enemy a, now. And he's about to have uh, Connor Bedard. about to so. have the – yeah, he's a yeah. Chicago Blackhawk. So we'll scratch him in hopes that it just kind of filters down and the Blackhawks remain – I know you're from Chicago and all, but hopefully they remain in the in the dumps. <laughs> I will tell you, yes. So they were my number one team forever. Um, but when you have to cover the the sexual assault case, mm. it makes it really hard to continue being a fan. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. So yeah, sorry, Hawks. All that stuff is packed away. It's packed away in a closet. It gets closer to the curb every day. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad. I mean, I kind of feel bad saying that because there are some great people on that team. Like 
Connor Murphy is Connor Murphy, yeah. a phenomenal human being. Luke Richardson, he's also an absolutely phenomenal human being. You know, there's yeah, a lot of good humans on that team right now. Um, it just... It's definitely not their fault, but... Right, but because you know. it was so long, it made it just hard for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, and Maybe that... That and they they seem to be I don't want to say rewarded, but let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> that's what a lot, that's how a lot of people see it. <laughs> it is how it felt. If whether or not that's what happened. Yeah. Um, as journalists, we can't really say that without facts, mm-hmm. but we all know how we feel. <laughs> <laughs> uh it just felt a little gross, felt a little felt a little weird. I was at the um the lottery watch party mm-hmm. that the blue jackets held. And when that whole thing happened, it was just I mean, people literally yelled, cussed, put down their food and drinks, and a lot of people just left because, I mean, lots of us old guys told people that, hey, it was going to happen, <laughs> right? Oh, I yeah. Mean, a lot people, of us- I mean, people have been saying Chicago for months and months and months. I always thought it was going to be Anaheim just because they need Anaheim to be good again. But but here we are staring at Chicago. Shocking. Right. Um. Okay. And the last one, the last one. They're goalies, but they're specific iterations of these goalies. Okay. So we've got President Tugnut, 2013 Vesna Bob, and Mononucleosis Mason. God. <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, I'm fighting Bob. I just, <laughs> for what he did. I thought Bob would totally kill someone though. That man, I think he knows how to fight. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. I mean, yeah, I've, I, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm going to fight Bob. He did some great things, right? We obviously know this two-time Vesna, you know, beat, help beat the, uh, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, but he ripped the fan base. He, he ripped a hole in, in the, uh, in the fabric of the fan base. Um, but you know, a lot of people will point that what he did was okay because he let them know a year and a half two years ahead of time that he wasn't signing but um he still kind of ripped apart so anyway i just want to fight bob and he just went to the cup final and yeah so i want to fight him um all right you said oh tugnut tugnut and mason i'm gonna but but mason when he had mono so mononucleosis mason okay think about it because the bet first of all that is the best iteration of Steve Mason is when he had mono. He mm-hmm. played lights out amazing. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. I think that he was maybe better than 2013 Fesna Bobrovsky. I mean, since he has mono, shouldn't we scratch him though? Just keep him away from people. Um and I would say yes, but it's hockey. So <laughs> right, right, apparently right. hockey teams and coaches don't care as much the player is yeah. injured if they're gonna win the Calder or the Vesna right, or right. any award. <laughs> yeah, I was I was leaning more towards being a line mate with Mason, even though he he you know he he's Mason, but uh, Steve Mason was he was great that year, obviously, and kind of goes back to what I said earlier about when favorite moment uh, was when the Blue Jackets made it to the playoffs for the first time, and obviously Steve Mason was a huge part of that. So uh, we'll go uh, yeah go line mates with Steve Mason and uh, scratch um, President Tugnut. Uh, as much as we love Tugnut here in Columbus early on, uh, I, I think I personally think Mark Denise should have been the goalie back then full time, but and he was yeah. eventually, but uh, I think they gave Tugnut a little too much, uh, 
a little too much leash, so to speak. I agree. I agree with that assessment on on Tugnut. It's I think it just at that time because I wasn't really like super into the jackets then, but I loved Tugnut because yeah. they mark. He was able. He was marketable. Oh, that's a hundred percent why he. Uh, stayed in net so long, I believe, is because yeah. they, you know, the the jackets they had some. I mean, they had, you know, Jeff Sanderson and and Tyler Wright and and some other guys that should have been, um, should have been put on a pedestal and on every billboard in Columbus. But, um, you know, people love goalies, and so um, they ran with Tugnut, and he was, I don't want to say polarizing, but he was still, uh, he was fun to watch and stuff like that. So yeah. I will say um, that people try to deny it all they want. They are like, oh, a team will bring someone here if they're good. And I'm like, but if they're not marketable and you're in a smaller market, they're not coming here. Right. If they will bring a more marketable player who is average to a smaller market team than they would working to get a superstar who doesn't have a personality. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, Fans buy tickets and a lot of fans buy tickets because they connect with someone who's on the ice. And if you can find someone that everybody loves, they're going to bring them here. It's kind of like when I first came in as, as like a fan to the jackets, uh, it was 20, you know, like 2011. And then all those people that I loved got traded. And then there was the lockout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but the team after that was just like so. I mean, the team. Sorry, before the lockout was so lovable. It was right. like it was. It was John Moore and Aaron Johnson and um, Mark Mathot, Derek Broussard, Derek Dorsett. You know, like that team was just so lovable. But they were not a good team and they were just not good at all <laughs> they god bless not. our souls i actually said i actually said hey to aaron johnson the other day <laughs> when you i was know? in there when i went for the uh, pro Bowl thing um yeah, yeah i agree with you it makes it it makes it easier to sell a team that people love even if they're not so great well so there, they... there, there's a reason why i have johnny gaudreau on my graphic for the hockey news <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean there's 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 always a reason for that i mean you should have not... put someone like billy sweezy on there just made him really like yeah, I mean, yeah, that that would really throw people off, wouldn't it? <laughs> right? They're like, "Who's this kid?" I'm like, "Let me tell you about him. He's wicked smart and he's wicked tough." <laughs> yes, and he will fight. Um, wait a minute, didn't he get into a fight when he came up to Columbus? Yeah, I think so. He it was in Boston first... too, right? He yeah. fought somebody in Boston. <laughs> in Boston, yeah. Gosh, yeah. he's so from Massachusetts. <laughs> yes, he's great dude. I that's a prospect I'm looking forward to coming up top. I mean, I don't want him to leave the Monsters because one, I love interviewing him, and two, he's fun to watch, and three, the fans love him. But he would be so good for the Jackets. He's gonna one day if they don't just like get rid of him. Yeah, I think that's probably the, you know, that's yeah, yeah. There's so many. I mean, this team is so, they have so many. They have what twenty defensemen in the system. Mm-hmm. But um, that doesn't mean they're they're all good. I, Can we well, just be very clear about that? Like for right. a while there, they had all these defensemen, and I was like, "Well, these defensemen are just—they're mid," <laughs> as the kids would say. I don't even know. Do no, you still say that? Oh yeah, oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, I have a twelve-year-old, and he says it in the 20, 20 times a day. Um, no, you're right. No, I mean they have twenty or twenty 
some, but obviously they're not all good, but you gotta have, you gotta have depth and, um, right. you know, I hope, hope some of them, uh, get going. Me too. Me too. Me too. Well, thank you for partaking in that game. <laughs> oh, no problem. <laughs> it, would fun. you like some, would you like some breaking hockey news? Yes. Oh, I know some of it. It is involved Johansson. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. You already know. So no, you, you go know. ahead. You announce it. <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say former, you know, uh, former blue jacket, Ryan Johansson traded to the avalanche. So then that's pretty they wild. Retained some of his salary. Yeah. 50%. That's so t- I didn't know he made that much. In exchange for the rights to Alex Galli. I can never say his name. Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk. You heard it here first. Even That's though it. you're not going to hear it till later. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Breaking I think, news. <laughs> I think Johansson would do. Yeah, I think he's going to do insane in Colorado. I think a coach like Jared Bednar would be really good for him. So that'll be. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, I mean, they were both in here at the same, well, not here, but they were both in the system at the same time. I mm-hmm. Wait, did he? Yeah. I think he had him in Springfield. Yeah. I was going to say, was he, I know Johansson was in Springfield. I couldn't remember if Bednar was or not, but. Hold on. I mean, Bednar was in Springfield. Yeah, yes. For yeah, 40 games. Yeah. And he had a really good, yeah, he had a really good year. Yes. Well, fun fact that I tried to tell people a long time ago and no one listened is when Jared Bednar did not become the head coach over, um, I mean, when Jared Bednar didn't get elevated to the Jackets, Springfield fans were confused as to why Brad Larson got elevated because they didn't think he was that great of a coach. Um, They thought he was a good guy. He was a decent coach, but there was that with Jared Bednar. And then, you know, it comes Cleveland, wins cup, and then they don't even get him. I mean, he deserved to be a head coach. He was not taking an assistant coach job in the NHL. He left He left for, or he took the Colorado job. Was that the same year that uh, Tortorella got hired? It was, no. It was, So there wasn't a spot for him. I think they, I think, don't quote me on this. Um, I think that they offered him an assistant coaching job with the Jackets after he won the Calder, and he wanted the NHL head coaching job, so, which he wasn't going to get because Torts was here. Okay, I'm just trying to remember when, because Torts came in in... 2015-16. 15-16, and then Bednar was hired in Colorado in 15-16, right? No, because the Monsters won the Calder Cup in, in 16. Never mind, you're yeah. right, in 16. So it would have been 16-17. So it was just bad... Yep. It was bad, bad timing. timing. Yeah, it was bad mm-hmm. timing. I, I mean, I've always I mean, been great, on... great timing for Jared Bednar. Bad timing for. <laughs> right. I, I've always been on. It was just Bednar should have been. I mean, he should have been the coach here. Um, but, you know, Todd Richards was a I mean, he was a good he was a good enough coach. I mean, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't terrible by any by any stretch. Um, He's a really good assistant coach. I think he thrives better at an assistant coach. Yeah, it seems he does like ahead. That... That seems to be a, a theme here with Larson and uh, Larson and Richards being just really good assistant coaches. And it's possible yeah. that's why they didn't. I mean, I know Pascal Vincent didn't. It's not from Columbus per se. I mean, he they hired him away from with Winnipeg, I think. But mm-hmm. um, maybe that's the reason why they're not going with him and going with, with a, a veteran head coach. 
Um, kind of like what they did with Tortorella, you know, right. of, you know, instead of hiring back to back to back, you know, minor league coaches or assistant coaches, you know, kind of, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to trying to wrap my mind around um, their thought process. I think I understand the reason why they went the way they did, but I guess we'll find out hundred percent when, when it's announced and, and why, um, when Yarmo gets grilled, because <laughs> we all right. know he's going to get grilled by the media for it. So I, oh. I guess. I, I I'm mean, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I, in, a, in a in a hockey sense, I, I I don't know. I really haven't talked about it much. I think from a hockey sense, I mean, I think I don't. Know, I mean, I don't. I don't even know what to say. Like, I, I don't know what to say to um about it. It's it's know. tough. Yeah. So I said something similar to this on the um B and B roundtable is. I believe in second chances. I believe in growth. I believe that people can change. I fullheartedly believe that because I've seen it. And I also was given the grace and space to change and become a better person. And we should give those opportunities to people. We should allow people to have the grace to change and grow. Um, However, there are an abundance of coaches especially at the AHL level, who have done the right things. They have paid their dues. They are great people and they are great coaches. And at the very least, they should be on the high short list to be a coach for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And now one of them is currently with the Capitals (laughs) as an assistant coach. So we're just losing out left and right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd heard that um, I, I can't, you know, I don't know if it's true or not, but I had heard that they were looking at um, your guy from Milwaukee. Carl. Yeah, um, I heard the same thing. I don't know if it's I haven't asked Carl or the admirals specifically on the record about that. So I'm not 100 percent positive it's true, but like he would he would do well here. I'm I'm shocked that Nashville didn't hire him, to be honest. I mean, I, I don't know what their thought process was, thought process was. But then again, look who they just hired as their GM. Right. Old it makes guy. sense when you look at it that way. And right. I do love that they are like, uh, we think he should be coaching in the NHL. It just wasn't the fit for us that we needed at this moment, but right. he should be an NHL coach. And not everyone does that. They'll just be like, oh, well, they weren't ready. Or maybe we just, they weren't a good fit. They'd never really say he should be coaching. Someone should, someone should take him from us. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and he's very well respected in Nashville. He's very well respected in Milwaukee. He's I Yeah, mean, I mean, he came up and when when the entire coaching I think it was the entire coaching staff was out for COVID a couple of years ago, I remember, mm-hmm. and he got he got quote unquote called up and yeah. they beat the Avalanche, right? So <laughs> I mean, they they uh he did it, he did his job, so Right. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of coaches out there that probably deserve it, but you know, and, and kind of going back to the Babcock thing, I like you said with the growth and all that fun stuff. I mean, he he's been he's been away for what four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, we was it no, four? Yeah, yeah, twenty nineteen, I believe, it was his last year. So, oh. I mean, we don't know. We haven't heard from him, right? So we don't know. You know, we're we're watching old interviews about him and and the whole Marner thing and how you know and his you know his his opinions of it and stuff. And I don't know. I mean, four years to be out of a sport. Um, well, he hasn't been completely out of the sport because he was coaching. Yeah. He was assistant coaching at a college and then he was coaching or he was like a video coach or something at the college. And then he was coaching at another college. I know it's I know it's different, but yeah, 
he has, yeah, he hasn't been at that level. Yeah, and and what I what I was gonna say was four years in any sport really, but especially professional sports, being out of that that long. And I know he's done. He was on. He's done some TV for I don't know, maybe TV, TNT or ESPN or whatever it was. But that's light years. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to have to readjust personally, if you ask me. Um, I, I mean, he could be, a, he could, he could have over the last couple of years looked back and said, wow, I was, I was really bad, <laughs> you know? Um, and I would imagine that JD and, and Yarmo put him on a short leash and say, look, you can't do that here. You know what I mean? Like John Tortorella didn't do that here. I mean, he was fine. He, I mean, he went from, wanting to fight coaches in hallways to just you know well, every, every now and then you know getting riled up over uh right over bad calls so the thing about that and I, I like to remind people because when they talk about Babcock and stuff I go he was like that because why and they're like uh because he wanted to fight a coach because he's a hothead no that's not why his players were put in a precarious situation with mm-hmm. the way they did the lineup and knew that they were going to fight at puck drop and he didn't want that and the whole game his players just kept getting run at so that happened because of the love and respect that he has for his players and he was ready to go to battle for them so there is that difference so if people want to say those things they need to look at the full picture of how things happen with Tortorella Um, there was already growth in him when he went to Vancouver he was just that was just like the final straw. Absolutely. And I don't, I mean, yeah. I don't blame him. I'd probably do the same thing. Like <laughs> I'll fight you. That's fine. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead. Dedicate a door after me. I don't care. I'll bust it down. Like the Kool-Aid man too. leave my players alone. <laughs> Maybe that's why they did the, um, the construction inside the locker room because they had to, uh, <laughs> he, he broke too much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do it in private, right? Do it in private instead of doing it, uh, doing it out on the bench or in the press conference. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you, Jason, for joining me on the show. Um, I hope everyone learned a lot about you. I mean, I don't know how much we all know about each other in CBJ land that much. Like we all talk to each other, but I don't think we all know like the ins and outs of people's origin stories and all that jazz. Cause we don't really talk about that stuff. We talk about random stuff and make mm-hmm. trash memes. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, t- I, I tell you what, though, I, I've over the last uh, two or three years, really after COVID, um, I, I've met just an unreal amount of people that I've become really good friends with um, through Twitter, um, through, through the Blue Jackets, through Twitter. I mean, you know, we meet up and have watch parties at people's houses. Um, not just Blue Jackets watch parties, but actual like I mean, we had a couple uh, playoff watch parties, and um, it's yeah, we have a blast. I mean, we don't limit it to. I mean, if anybody wants to join, they can join. Um, we're not, we're not like a. I mean, we're super tight knit group, obviously, but man, we welcome anybody and everybody. Just bring beverages, and and uh, you're usually you know usually well liked. So <laughs> just be careful of the Penguins jerseys, okay? Oh, yeah, we don't allow those. Like, you can come, but, like, unless it says Phil Kessel on it, it's just not allowed. <laughs> I say that as I'm drinking out of this Chris Latang cup. That's funny. It's not a Penguins cup. It's a Chris Latang cup that peak, I may peak, have gotten at Penguin Stadium. <laughs> peak male performer, Phil Kessel. 
I love have him. Have you seen, did you see the picture that was floating around Twitter yesterday? No, which one? There's so many. Uh, he's sitting at his locker and he has like a t-shirt on and he has like his, you know, like shorts on. And then mm-hmm. like it, it, his, his like undershorts are showing like the spandex ones that, you know, they wear and stuff like that. And he just looks like uncle Bob is what he looks like at like a barbecue. I just, I love him. He, I, he is just, he's a man. He's a true man. <laughs> he's a true uh, American man. I, 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 t- I posted the picture <laughs> and I said peak male performance. And I said, um, when I said dad bod and holes in his shorts from Chub Rub. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you look at the picture, it's exactly what it shows too. So that's amazing. I love him so much that when the Penguins won the back to back, they had these bobbleheads that sold out really fast. And it was Phil Kessel holding a um, Stanley Cup. And then I went and bought these like clay hot dogs. And so when the bobblehead came, because it took a while, I uh, super glued all these hot dogs into, <laughs> into the Stanley Cup part of this bobblehead. It is my favorite thing that I own. It is my pride and joy. <laughs> why why is that not your avatar on like Twitter or whatever? It should be. It really <laughs> it should be. be. You, in should... fact, in fact, you should take a picture of him and Photoshop that on there and there you go. Oh my god, it'd be amazing. It would be. <laughs> I should do it. I I'll do it eventually. Probably when I'm not. People don't people don't, partially don't take me seriously enough because I don't take myself seriously. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. There's like a level I I can only be semi unprofessional. <laughs> the amount of things I don't say, don't say aloud because yep. <laughs> they'll get me in trouble. Yeah, we all have those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't have a burner account, so it's like I just got to keep them in, <laughs> or I like tell people randomly off the wall. Yeah, you got you stuff go. you got to tweet at like two o'clock in the morning when nobody's watching. Yeah, no, pray they don't, not, pray they don't go through your timeline. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I get in trouble from other teams, not the Jackets. They're great. Um, or the Monsters. They're also great. Or the or the Griffins. There's other teams that I don't cover consistently who'll be like, why did you tweet that? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It felt right. Um, anyways, so. That's funny. Again, thank you for joining me. Um, plug your stuff because i know you have other things than just the hockey news uh yeah so i'm on twitter at fire the cannon it's at f1 r e the cannon so the i is a one um my partner actually who i started fire the cannon with he actually has the original fire the cannon so i had to get creative um so yeah at fire the cannon at f1 r e the cannon i also do uh, my own little pod it's uh 614 and beyond so I uh, haven't been doing as much of that, obviously, because of uh, the hockey news stuff. But I do want to jump back on that. I've uh, got something in the works, hopefully, um, with that in terms of um, just being more uh, being more out there on uh, with the with the pod and everything. So at 614 and beyond uh, on Twitter, it's called 614 and beyond. Uh, you can find it on Google and Apple and like, I don't know, like 20 different um, platforms. And then obviously the hockey news, go to thehockeynews.com. Um, click on teams and then click on blue jackets and you'll, you'll go straight to my, uh, straight to my page there and uh, always putting stuff on there every day and uh, yeah, read it and hopefully you like it. Give me some feedback or whatnot. And uh, 
yeah, that's pretty much what I have going on right now. Yeah. Give him constructive feedback. I know Jackets fans are trolls. <laughs> I love you guys because of it. Some of you trolls are really funny, but we are looking for constructive, kind, nice feedback to make the site better. Not, yes. <laughs> oh not to be mean. <laughs> I, I it's even though to... half the time you guys are funny, which makes it hard to yell at you. <laughs> yeah, I, I just man, it's bad. It's really it's it can bad. get so bad. Yeah, bad. yeah. But Twitter, we... Twitter, and Reddit are just just bad. But again, like I said. Met a lot of cool people on there, but man, the the trolls are just yeah. But like you said, constructive feedback, please. Yes. <laughs> no, <laughs> if you have anything super negative, DM me and we'll talk about it. <laughs> so yes, thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed learning about Jason. Really cool dude. So glad he came on. Uh, so I will see you all next week. And remember, be kind and love always. My theme music is One Light by Nick Wilkinson and the Featured Players. You can find their latest album, Live, Volume 1, on Bandcamp and Spotify. Live, Volume 1 was recorded in front of a live audience on May 26, 2017 at Jilly's Music Room in Akron, Ohio.